0: to this edition of Back to Basics with Pastor Brian Broderson.
1: A lot of people won't receive God's gift simply because they're too proud to receive it. They don't need God's help. They don't need a handout. They don't need a gift of salvation. They're going to earn it themselves. But you know that's never going to happen. You'll never earn it. You can only receive it as a gift.
0: Today on Back to Basics, Pastor Brian continues our special Christmas series. Join us as Pastor Brian concludes his teaching on John chapter 1, verses 1 and 14 in a message titled, The Miracle of Christmas. Now, here's Pastor Brian.
1: This was a believer that was asking this question. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of believers still, even though they've received Christ, even though they know theoretically their sins are forgiven, they still have concerns that maybe not all of their sins are forgiven, or maybe they're, they're going to commit a sin at some point that won't be forgiven. But you know what I said to the person? I said, that their question was, would I go to hell? My answer to them was, no, you wouldn't. You'd go to heaven. They said, but what if I didn't get a chance to confess? I said, it doesn't matter because what we're told in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's son, is continually cleansing us from sin. That's the glorious thing. If I had to make sure I confessed every time that I sinned to make sure I was going to make it to heaven, you know, I couldn't do anything but spend my whole life confessing. You know, because I'm always thinking the wrong thing. I'm, you know, a lot of times saying the wrong thing, and occasionally I'm doing the wrong thing. And, you know, it would just be this, this endless cycle of, you know, being confident that you're saved for a few minutes and then losing your confidence that you're saved for a while and then maybe getting it back. But that's not the way it works. You see, Jesus brought forth the possibility of final atonement for sin, and he secured that for us in what he did on the cross. As Paul tells us, that it was for our iniquities that he was delivered up, and it was for our justification that he was raised up. And so we have this through the incarnation. We have this this confidence that our sins are forgiven. It's a wonderful thing to be able to lie down at night and know that if you didn't wake up in the morning, you're gonna go to heaven because the Lord's taking care of it. To know that all those things that you've done, whatever they might be, however seemingly minor or however heinous they might have been, to know that all of that has been taken care of, that's what Jesus secured. That is what was accomplished through the miracle of Christmas. But also, there has been brought to us through the miracle of Christmas a clear understanding of God's intention for man. Now again, the relevance of this. People today are being, our children today, the generation of my children, many of your children, my grandchildren, if the, the culture around us had its way, they would take them and instill in them, and they're doing it for many, instill in them the idea that life is meaningless. The dominant philosophy of the day is relativism and relativism based on the pseudoscience of evolution. And when you follow those ideas out to their logical conclusion, you come to a a meaningless, purposeless life. But you know, every fiber in my being and your being and every other human being cries out against that, doesn't it? Every one of us, even the most ardent relativist, when push comes to shove, they insist that they've got some rights. But you know, if relativism is true and if evolution is true, nobody has any rights to anything. It's a free for all. And may the strongest win but you see, those philosophies are wrong. They're incorrect because life does have meaning. It does have purpose, and Jesus brought to us a clear understanding of God's intention for man, and what did he show us? Well, Jesus lived as the perfect man, and he is what we were intended to be and what we can become through the grace of God. So what did Jesus show us as a perfect man? Well, Primarily, he showed us that man was intended to live in vital fellowship with God. Remember, Jesus said on one occasion, he's quoting from the Old Testament, actually, but he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Man was intended to live according to the word of God. Man was created to live in fellowship with God. Man was intended to live in a relationship with God. And it's only when we come into the relationship with God that we were created for that life finally makes any sense. And then we actually have purpose, and we realize that, yeah, life does have meaning. You know, again, people today want to give the idea that, you know, if there's a God, then he's going to have authority over our lives, and he's going to have control over our lives, and we don't want anybody controlling us, and we want to be completely autonomous, and we want to do what we want. We don't want anybody infringing upon our rights or messing with our fun, and the people who are screaming the loudest about that are miserable, and they think that God wants to interfere with their fun. They're not having any fun. They're miserable, if they be honest about it. God doesn't want to wreck your fun. He wants to just simply save you from sin that will destroy you, and he wants to bless you and give you a good life. It's the greatest offer imaginable. Now, I've had the advantage, disadvantage, I don't know how you want to look at it, but I've lived on both sides of the fence. So I lived in the world for a long time, and I did all the fun stuff that everybody's so excited about doing. And many of you have too, and guess what? We all figured out pretty quickly the same thing, didn't we? This isn't that fun. This isn't that fun. This is actually miserable. And we're stuck in this cycle of misery. But thank God that he pulled us out. Thank God that he showed us that there's meaning to life that you were created with a purpose and the primary purpose is to know God and to live in communion with him and that's the best life imaginable. There's nothing that could even compare to it and this is what Jesus brought us. You see, again, to contrast what was happening at the time that Jesus came, the impression that was given to the average person by the religious hierarchy of the day was that God was a harsh taskmaster and that serving him was something that was burdensome, and something that was painful, and something that was miserable. And like I said, we still have those kinds of misrepresentations today. But don't be fooled. Make no mistake about it. God created us to enjoy life, but to enjoy it in a relationship with him. And that's the only way you really will enjoy life. In His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand is pleasure forevermore. And that's kind of a general description of what's going to happen when we get across to the other side into the, the very presence of the Lord. But it's true today as well, in as much as as believers, we dwell in His presence. So He's brought us an understanding of God's intention for man through the incarnation. He's also brought us the power to become what we were created to be. See, a lot of people know, they look and they see the ideal. They say, I know that I should do this. I shouldn't live this way. And some people even go so far as to say, I'm not going to live this way anymore. I'm going to change the way I think. And I'm going to stop living the way I'm living. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. I'm going to be a different person. And they set out to do that. And they find that it's not very long before they... They trip up and they they fall back into those same old patterns again. This is the dilemma that we have as human beings. We can see the ideal, and Paul describes it in Romans chapter 7. He said, That the good that I would to do, I do not do. The evil that I hate, I find myself doing it. See, it's the problem of sin in me. God's standard is there, I see it, it's righteous, it's good, but I don't have the power to actually do it. But here's the wonderful thing about the incarnation. Jesus comes and he gives us the power to do it. He gives us the power and we read, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the children of God. You see, this is the beautiful thing. The problem is I have a sinful nature. The problem is the law is spiritual, and I am carnal. I'm sold under sin. But here's the solution. God turns me into a spiritual person by putting his nature in me. So I become a partaker of the divine nature, and in becoming a partaker of the divine nature, I now have the ability to do the very thing that I want to do and should do but formerly couldn't do because of my weakness in the flesh. And again, I would say that there are many people in the world today still who have in their mind an ideal and say, you know, I know that I should live that way, but they find that they don't do it. We're coming up on New Year's, and I know that there's already some of you thinking about your New Year's resolution. And I'm thinking about mine too. And every time I look at my growing waistline, I think about it more and more. And I don't want to eat the banana cake. And I don't want to have the cinnamon rolls. And I don't want to eat the box of sea's candy. I don't want to do it. But so what I do is I just take little slivers, little tiny slivers. But I take about a 100 little tiny slivers <laughs> and I end up eating half the cake. But I don't want to do it. But I do. The good that I will to do, I do don't do. See, we we all know that struggle, but Jesus comes, and he gives us the power. He gives us the power to, to live that life, because as we receive him, he gives us the power, the authority to become the children of God. So you see how Christmas, this wonderful holiday that we celebrate and so many people just take for granted, so many multitudes of people celebrating it don't have the slightest idea what it's really all about, but we see that all of the real issues of life are answered in Christmas, in the miracle of Christmas, finally to the point of it was through the incarnation that the certainty of eternal life was brought to us. And Jesus said it, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him would have everlasting life. The certainty, the guarantee. Again, this is something that is common to all people. Everyone, regardless of what they say, when it comes down to it, they're very concerned about what's on the other side. What happens when you die? And did you know that there's no definitive answer to that question outside of the Bible? There's no absolute answer to that question. There's no authoritative answer to the question. There's no answer that has anything to back it up. But you see, the New Testament answers the question and it backs up the answer with the evidence Jesus said in a post-resurrection appearance, I am he who was dead and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys over death in the grave. Nobody else ever said anything like that. Jesus alone said that. I've had the opportunity in the past few weeks to do a, a fair number of funerals. I'm gonna do one tomorrow as well. And I have to tell you, Doing the funeral of a believer is, it's an easy and a joyful thing to do because I can stand before that group of grieving people and I can give them 100% assurance that their loved one is in a better place. Now, you know, any funeral you go to, generally speaking, the preacher's going to tell you that the guy's in a better place regardless of how he lived because that's just what you say. But I always specify to the congregation, I always specify the reason why I can say with authority that the person is in a better place. It's not because they were a good person, although from a certain, the human point of view, they might have been a good person. But no one's good enough to get into heaven. And I can say, and I have said, that the reason I can tell you today that your loved one is in a better place is because your loved one has put their faith in Christ. And his word says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And his word says that when this earthly house, this tent, dissolves, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. And it's so wonderful to be able to speak to people And to tell them with that kind of certainty, that's what we can do, and that's what we can have for ourselves. Again, many people today, even people within churches, even people who are genuinely Christians, live in fear of death and in doubt of whether or not they're actually going to finally make it into heaven. But the New Testament, one of the main themes of the New Testament is eternal life. And John tells us in his first letter, he says, these things I have written to you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know for certain. That's the idea, that you may know for certain that you have eternal life. One of the services I did this past week was for a Christian man who comes from a Buddhist family. And there were several Buddhists at the service and it was really interesting, the responses I received from people after the service, and a number of them made interesting comments. They said, you know, I've never heard anything like that before. I've never seen it from that perspective before. I've never thought of it like you put it today. And all I was doing was quoting Jesus and you know tying the scriptures together. To see this is the glory, this is the wonderful thing that the incarnation, has brought us certainty of eternal life because God said that he gave the gift of his only son and that whoever believed and received would not perish but have everlasting life. Now, in closing... Christmas, of course, is a time of giving and receiving. You know, when I was a kid, we had one Christmas. It was over so quick. I'll tell you, we got like four or five these days. It's amazing. We kind of like have Christmas week now, you know, where it used to be Christmas Day. It's like Christmas week, or we're going to, you know, this grandparent's house, and then we'll go to our house, and we'll go to, you know, it's pretty good, really. I think my grandson's loving it, you know. But Christmas is a time of giving and receiving. You know, some people wonder, well, where did, where did this tradition come from? Why, why do we do this in the first place? And of course, with, with so much of Christmas these days is just, uh, you know, people, like I said, people are celebrating this, this holiday. They don't have the slightest idea what they're celebrating. I was, my daughter wanted to watch uh, Miracle on 34th Street the other night, so we sat down and watched it. And you know, it was a cute movie, but it had absolutely nothing whatsoever to do with the Lord. Nothing. It was all about Chris Krinkle. It was all about Santa Claus working at Macy's in New York City. <laughs> Incognito. <laughs> and, you know I, I, you know, I enjoyed it, but I thought, man, did they ever miss the boat? It, but, but so many people, my point is this, so many people don't even know what it is. They don't even know why we give gifts. And I think... Today, especially, there's a ton of kids growing up. They don't have the slightest idea why we give presents, we exchange, what is that all about? And it's just traced back to some, you know, Santa Claus or something like that. But of course, we know why it is what it is. It's because God gave. He gave his one and only son. That's the giving part. And as many as received him, to them he gave power. So you see, the giving and receiving began at the very beginning. God giving and man receiving. And so as we wrap things up today, I know that many of you, and probably most of you, you have received Christ. But I would imagine that there are some of you that haven't done that. Just like many others who have sat in church services, maybe at a midnight mass or maybe at a uh, Christmas Eve service or maybe just a traditional you know, Sunday service heading into Christmas, many people have sat in churches and listened to some sort of a message on the subject of Christmas but never actually received the gift themselves. Don't let that be the case with you. God has given the gift, but you know, you have to receive it. There's something in our nature sometimes, too, where it's hard for us to receive. We don't want a handout, you know. We don't want anybody thinking that we need anybody else's help. And this is, sadly, the kind of thing that will keep people back from, from blessing. Somebody wants to help them out or something, they can't do it, their pride gets in the way. But you know, it's true on this other level as well. A lot of people won't receive God's gift simply because they're too proud to receive it. They don't need God's help. They don't need a handout. They don't need a gift of salvation. They're gonna earn it themselves. But you know, that's never gonna happen. You'll never earn it. You can only receive it as a gift. As many as received him. And this, I, I love this, I love this verse because it's really it's a verse that speaks to me, and it was my own experience. Because I believed in Jesus for my most of my life. Never was a time I said, Oh, there is no God, or you know, Jesus didn't live, or he wasn't the Son of God, He didn't die on a cross. I always believed that, but it had no impact on me whatsoever because I had never received it personally. It was just information in my head, but it never translated from my head to my heart. And it was when I came to know that it wasn't just believing in a theoretical sense or in an intellectual sense, but it was receiving, that's when everything changed. You know, you can know that there's a gift sitting for you there under somebody's tree, and there it is. But until you receive it, until you unwrap it, until you apply it, it'll never benefit you or bless you, and so God holds out that gift. He's still holding it out, and you must simply receive it, and when you do, all of these things that we're talking about are going to be yours by experience. The lights are going to come on. You're going to see who God really is. The the burden is going to be lifted. The guilt is going to be taken away because your sins are going to be forgiven, and the emptiness, the sense of futility is going to be over because you're going to understand that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And that attempt to do the right thing but always failing is going to be behind you because God is going to empower you. And when you lie down at night, you can lie down in peace knowing that if you don't wake up in the morning, it's okay because you've got a place in heaven all because of the gift that God has given through Jesus Christ. And so if you haven't received him today, don't pass up the opportunity. Don't miss another Christmas without receiving God's gift.
0: the month of December, Back to Basics Radio is offering a book titled Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, How God Redeems Regret, Hurt, and Fear in the Making of Better Humans by Scott Sauls. Global mental health issues are on the rise. Over a billion people globally are living with anxiety or depression, especially among teens and young adults. Guilt and regret are becoming identity-defining forces. So how can we deal with this mental health crisis in our own lives and be a help in the lives of others? Well, in his book, Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, Scott Salls presents a practical theology of suffering that will infuse your regret, hurt, and fear with a hope of gospel-saturated meaning. This book will give you the practical insights needed to find purpose in your own regrets, hurts, and fears. So we encourage you to call us right now at 1-800-733-6443 or visit us online at backtobasicsradio.com to order Beautiful People Don't Just Happen, How God Redeems Regret, Hurt, and Fear in the Making of Better Humans by Scott Sauls. And when you give a gift to Back to Basics, we'll send you this book as our way to say thank you. We do appreciate your generous support of this ministry. We'd also like to remind you, that all of our other resources are waiting for you at backtobasicsradio.com or by calling our request line at 1-800-733-6443. That's 1-800-733-6443. Our desire is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. We'll continue tomorrow with more valuable insights from Pastor Brian as we begin another special message titled, The Government Upon His Shoulders.